Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Hey, yo. 
Ayo? <laughs> Trying it's to a, mix up the intros. Outcast song. Hey, yeah. Yo. No singing this one. The past couple episodes, I've been doing some singing, and it has not uh, not sounded so well. So better better you than me. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for joining us. We have another great show for you today, where we talk about what to do when one partner doesn't want to work on the relationship. And the answers might surprise you. And today, Sarah and I give a lot of specific examples of how we've navigated this in our relationship. Not necessarily that one partner doesn't want to work, but how to communicate around this. And it's super valuable. And Dr. Laura Dabney walks us through all the steps. And she has made a career of taking on psychiatry's toughest challenges. From treating complex combined medical and psychological conditions to ensuring the absolute privacy of powerful high-profile patients, Dr. Dabney has for decades helped her patients change their lives for the better, and she definitely helped change Sarah and I's with some valuable tips, and we hope she helps you guys as well. And as always, we have tons of free resources on our website for you guys. We hope you check them out, including the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge. That's a free challenge for you guys. Our Spark My Relationship online course, as well as our newly added resource, our St. Pete, Florida Couples Retreat that's happening in Florida, October 9th through the 13th. And it is actually the best time to visit Florida. It's our favorite time and that's where we grew up and we would love to share the town and all of its wonderful activities as well as relationship sessions with you guys. Yeah, so check that out on our website, idopodcast.com. I didn't say dot. <laughs> <laughs> that's always a pet peeve of Sarah and I. And we always joke about it. But yes, idpodcast.com. Check out all the resources. And thank you so much for tuning in. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Dr. Dabney. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. Dr. Dabney, today's episode is one that I imagine someone listening, they can relate to this, would be extremely frustrated. And that is a situation where one partner in the relationship does not want to do the work, they are not willing, or they're just making excuses. Maybe they're saying they're too busy. Whatever it is, I'm just picturing that and I'm imagining an extreme frustration if I'm a partner who is trying to do the work to improve a relationship. So let's jump in and why don't we start off with having you tell our listeners, if they're relating to this, how they can just even begin to tackle this in, in the right approach and then we'll really get into the details. I love this topic because one of my sort of joke taglines is I do couple therapy without the couple. 
because it, it's really common that somebody, the other party won't or either can't see what the problem is or won't see what the problem is or whatever the issue is. And I've had people call me, not just uh, spouses or boyfriend, girlfriends, but I've had um, the other second most common uh, group of people I see with this kind of thing is an adult child with a parent or a parent with an adult child. So one of them will call and say, how can we need to do an intervention? We need to get this person in. And I'll finally just say, look, I, I think you're having some struggles with this. How about you come in? <laughs> and they come in and we can do the work. I mean, it's, it, it's, it is definitely possible to change your relationship yourself. That's something we talk about on the show, and, and it's pretty empowering to realize that we can be the catalyst for change. But it's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on, on myself and the things that I can change. But how is that going to translate to our partner? Okay, so this is – I usually use the analogy of a scale, a balance, balancing a scale. Either your – when you change, the relationship is going to change because you're half the relationship. It's a system. It's not a two separate people. So for either you're causing a problem that you can't see or you're not stopping a problem. That's, not, that's very different than changing somebody. A lot of people make the mistake of if that person is doing something I don't like, I need to change the person. But I'm saying, no, you have to deal with that problem in a different way by putting up a boundary, getting some distance. Um, you know, there's other ways of dealing with a problem coming at you than trying to change the person. That's never going to happen, obviously. How do you know the best way to deal with that individual person's problem? Like how to start that dialogue to figure out what exactly the problem is? Well, when the person comes in to talk to me about their relationship, it becomes pretty clear by, you know, the end, <laughs> either they're causing a problem, right? They're not able to stop it. Let's say they're abusing alcohol. And then we have to talk to them about, you know, and typically they'll start saying, well, you know, yeah, they'll start saying, well, it's not really a problem. My, my wife, what, does, what difference does it make to my wife if I'm not, you know, always available to drive or don't always want to whatever, be, be on my game. But if I, if I want to use alcohol and so on. But then after a while, it's like, well, yeah, someone else complained about it. My friends don't like it. I'm like, well, <laughs> how about we talk about this problem? Um, or the, the spouse has a problem, a really, you know, difficult problem, like a red flag problem. Then we have to talk about either <laughs> they have to think about seriously leaving the relationship or if it's a problem that's just a problem, not a red flag type of situation, then they talk about putting up boundaries and how to better shield themselves from that problem. And as that person changes, as that person either fixes their problem or puts up boundaries against the problem, that person's not getting the same reactions because it gets inflamed. So the person, if the person's trying to change their spouse or change their adult child or change their parent, the resistance and the fighting because nobody wants to change, nobody wants to be criticized. So once that dies down and they start making their own decisions, helping themselves. Um, and the, the, then all that love, that fighting comes down and automatically things start changing. So I think it'll be helpful if we use a specific example. Let's say we have a listener who has heard a podcast that Sarah and I have done on communication and they're really excited and they're like, I'm going to apply this to 
our relationship and I'm going to tell my partner. They go home. They tell their partner, I listened to this great podcast. Sarah was amazing. She had all these great points. <laughs> and and this is how we're going to improve our communication. These are the steps that their guests outlined. And the partner just kind of looks at the other and is like just disinterested or they're like, I'm busy, whatever it is. Or even like, we don't have no. this problem. Maybe they're not even aware. Right. No. Or they say, yeah. So, so then what are, what are some next steps? Well, first of all, don't talk about the problem. They're just giving lip service. Just go ahead and do the communication. Trying to get, they're trying to get buy-in from their spouse or partner. And they're trying to change them. You're, I'm, you need to think of this as just as important as I do. But that's not going to work. I mean, and, you know, 90% of the time our partners aren't as enthusiastic about something as we are. Just start the communication differently. The good, a good example is this. So I've got people who like their partner or significant other is late all the time. Well, I, I buy her a watch and I tell her she needs to do this. And I tell her I tell her to come an hour earlier than what it really is. And you're just trying to change her as opposed to. Well, you have a decision to make. If she's, if you're waiting for her for the customary five, ten minutes, she doesn't show, get up and leave. At some point, she's going to start figuring out that you're not available and you're not going to be sitting there going to your boiling point if you don't feel controlled. If you don't allow her to control you, then you won't be so annoyed and so controlled. <laughs> so get up and go. Um, just, if you've been talking to her and trying to badger, if you've been badgering her and trying to change her, it's not going to work. It's never going to work. You have to start making some changes. That's, it's so simple sounding, but it's obviously mm -hmm. a lot harder in practice. And I'm speaking from experience because this will happen with Sarah and I is I'll get excited about an idea, you know, potential guests that we have on. And I start reading about the guest and in some of their articles and I'm like, this is this is great, you know, why don't you check this out? And and I'm I'm speaking of a specific example. And and Sarah, I mean, I guess you could say for yourself how you responded. Well, it just seemed very pushy because like you said, he was super excited about this idea and wanted to share it with me. And I love that he wanted to share it. But like you said, it's finding that delivery that works with your partner. Okay. So now you're talking about another example I use all the time <laughs> is the delivery is absolutely right. So when you say you look it up, you need to go and look that up. Um, again, you're trying to control Sarah, trying to control the situation. Um, you need to be as excited about this as me. But I always teach people in you hear about the I statements all the time, but I take that a step further. It's not just the I statement. It's how I feel. I'm super excited about this, but I need some help. I can't get this podcast ready all by myself. So I'm doing X, Y, and Z, but I really need you to look up this one thing when you get a chance. Will that work for you? It's very different when you lead with how I feel, how you feel, because if you're telling somebody else what to do, you need to. Or I think you are wrong. But the I statement can be, still be critical. All that is critical, pushy, invasive, whatever. If you start with an I have a feeling, I need something, I need your help getting this done, 
it's much more likely you're going to get buy-in. The other person's not going to be as defensive if you're coming from a place, from an I-feeling standpoint. And because they care about you, you're saying, I have this painful feeling, I have this pain, this difficulty. They're going to want to. It's much more likely they're going to want to step in and help you because they want to soothe your pain as opposed because you think that's what they should do or you're trying to say this is what everybody does or like as if there's some scale for that, which there's not. I 100% agree. And I think in this position, if, if Chase had come to me and said, there is this one website I want you to check out, you know, here's one of my favorite articles and he sent it to me. And actually he, you know, we ended up having this conversation and this is what it resulted to is, is him sending me his top five favorite articles that he would love for me to read so that we can talk about it. And that just felt so much easier for me to be like, yeah, I can get into this like versus here's the website, you know, just it's a free for all. I want you to read everything and know everything versus uh, like almost kind of baby steps to get my involvement. Well, even more so if he would to say, I need you to please do this. It's supposed to, I want you to, even that just a little change of, I need something. And can you, and then having the empathy of, do you have the time or can we work this out is more of a, I have a feeling now I'm interested in yours as opposed to, I um, want you to do something. Just a tiny bit different, but it's coming from a place of that person's own emotional standpoint. And if, I always say um, intimacy is transparency. Plus, they're letting you know about them. I have a need. I, I can't do this myself. I'm in a place where I need help. So now you're, oh, so he's not taking this all on himself. You learn something about him. You learn something about your partner when they say, I feel X when you do Y is the template I would give everybody. So it's now, oh, okay. So when he gets excited about something, now you know, Sarah, okay, well, that doesn't mean he's got all the time and energy to do the whole thing himself. I love that. And so that language can really be used in general to the whole wanting to get your partner to work on the relationship because you can kind of say like, I really need you to be a part of this in, in working on a relationship because it makes me feel, you know, X, Y, Z. Am I right yeah. in thinking that you can also use that language as well there? Yeah, exactly. So it, it's much, again, you're back to the, you, it, if it's a priority for you, then state that as opposed to you, this needs to be a priority for you. So yes, exactly. So I need to change how we communicate and I have some ideas on that. I need you to join with me or listen with me or every once in a while, maybe read something with me. Would that work for you? And then people want to use their empathy. Some people do the opposite where they're like doing everything their partner wants and then they get frustrated and annoyed. It's really the opposite of what you guys are talking about because they're so empathic to the person's needs and wants and they think they can read their minds. I know you had a, I know you had a podcast on that once <laughs> and that doesn't work. So if you say what you need and then be sympathetic to what the other person needs, like Sarah, if you had said, I, I don't have any time to do that, just to look up that article between now and the, the show, then you know, you, Chase could come back and say, okay, well, what's a compromise? Can you look up half of it or can you at least get it to, can you look it up and send me the link? Or then you can start working together. And that's, that's what I call verbal intimacy. That's verbal sex <laughs> when you're working out I have a need, 
you have a need, let's work it out. That's where we ended up with that conversation was the delivery didn't come off good at first. Sarah felt like I was pressuring her and it made her not want to do it. And then I realized I was wrong in my delivery and and we kind of got into a f- little argument about it and it was like, then it came out. I would just really feel closer to you if we explored these ideas together. And if I had started with that, it would have been much more productive. And it's kind of meta that a lot of our arguments have to do with our podcasts on relationships. <laughs> but, but Perfect. Yeah, right. But it's, again, so simple, but it takes conscious, deliberate practice to do these things. And particularly for myself, I, I get excited. I get super into things. And Sarah just goes intense <laughs> uh, when it comes to things. And Sarah is not that way, thank goodness, because we drive each other insane. Sarah's basically the opposite. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that frustrates me. And I need to realize that's why I love Sarah, is that she's not like that. And that's why we work so well together in that instead of trying to change her, I need to change the way I approach it because she's not me. Mm -hmm. She's not going to be equally excited about the idea. But in the moment, I'm like reading something new and I'm like, yeah, and I'm so charged. And I I read through like 20 articles, like it's nothing because I'm so interested in it. I'm like, Sarah, check this out. You got to read it. And she's like, I'm busy. (laughs) And she's like, what's it about? (laughs) Okay. It's not, it doesn't spark that same thing innately for her. And so me recognizing that was important. And then also re-communicating it in a, in a way with these I statements, I would feel closer to you if we explored these ideas. And, and now I'm operating in a way that Sarah's going to be more receptive to. Exactly. Exactly. So recognizing that you have a different level of intensity about something. I'm the intense one in our relationship, by the way. <laughs> and we've had to learn, I've had to learn to say, I get all wound up. and like, okay, I'm really wound up about this. When's a good time for you to listen to me give you a summary? So, because uh, <laughs> he's like looking at me like, okay, I'm doing something else over here that I'm excited about. I love the language you used about give me a summary because that's like perfect. Cause like sometimes that's all we need to like initiate the conversation that works for both of us. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by our course, Spark My Relationship. You're listening to the podcast. So you probably want to create more passion, improve your communication and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner. And if you can do it in less than 90 days, even better. We say it all the time on the show, a mediocre relationship is easy, but a passionate, authentic and satisfying relationship takes work. It doesn't just happen on its own. And that's why Sarah really did all the heavy lifting on this, <laughs> <you> created <laughs> this course with 
the therapists that we've had on the show to really help you with the specific tools, exercises needed to create the lasting and positive improvements rather than just listening to the show and not really implementing them. This is a great way to have some accountability in a structured format to put the tools that we talk about on the show into practice. You can do this in 90 days. You can do it from home and it is self-paced. So it is perfect for turning up the heat in your relationship, having some fun together and really revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. And like Chase mentioned before, we've worked with 15 psychologists and therapists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. And just some of those strategies are how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper, more intimate bond and strengthen your couple micro culture and future together. So for our listeners only, we are offering a special promo for the course. You can find it at sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock, and you can access a special pricing just for you guys. So again, check out sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock for your special promo. Check it out. Don't waste (laughs) any more time. Do Do it. Right. I think it's sometimes that we're interrupting the other person and that's where your empathy comes in. It's not so much they're not as excited about it. It's just they're doing something else. They're not, they're not linked to our brains. So we have to, um, back to the, you know, saying what I feel, what I need, but I'm empathic to your situation. I'm empathic to where you are at right now without that being considered something negative or a, a wet blanket. It's just, my husband's on, you know, he's reading through something and he's he got to finish something by a certain deadline and can't give me that time. It doesn't mean he's not going to be enthusiastic about it or doesn't care that I'm enthusiastic about something. You have to really be careful about uh, assuming because you're on a separate page that that means something negative. It seems like giving your partner the benefit of the doubt rather than assuming, oh, yeah. because Sarah's not as excited about it initially she just doesn't want to have anything to do with this idea. And yeah, it's just not the case with her and probably a lot of the situations like you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. It's giving the benefit of the doubt and checking it out. That's the other thing. I mean, I teach a lot of my patients is to to check out the feeling. Well, you, you have a sense that, um, so if someone, so if you have a partner that's not able to say, okay, I'm really irritated that your in-laws are coming for the third time this year. There's a lot of partners who aren't able to do that. And so when people come and see me, they're like, I, you know, she hates seeing my parents. I can just tell. I can just tell the vibe. And, you know, it's incumbent upon you to check that out. You, you can't read their minds. You can't assume and go down this path of, well, I'm going to cancel it because you weren't as excited about it as me. You have to say at some point when things are quiet and things are calm and say, you know, I I've been talking about my my parents coming and just get the sense that you're not crazy about that or what what is that what is that vibe I'm getting from you Something that was helpful in my framing like you just said is framing the time that you're going to have the discussion so saying when's mm-hmm. a good time that we can talk about this new thing you know I want to talk about in that way I'm not having 
an expectation, like we're going to talk about it now. It's more now on Sarah's terms, like when she's ready, because it's like, right. I'm, I'm throwing the pitch, but if she's not ready to hit it, you know, I can't be upset that she didn't try to take a swing. I'm going with the baseball analogy here, <laughs> metaphor. Yeah, that's but, great. <laughs> but rather than, you know, saying, hey, like to keep going with it, this is the time we're going to play. You know, can we play at this time? Does that work for you? And I'm kind of talking yeah. this out as as we go here, but that in in our particular relationship would help a lot of things because we are different and I I do get excited about things intense and it's like I want to talk about it now and sometimes most of the time Sarah and and probably any other person is not going to be ready to go right then and if I can mm-hmm. go in with a without that expectation then I'm not going to be as disappointed when she doesn't want to talk about it right away. She's not going to be offended and things are going to be that much smoother. And it's just, I'm just thinking, I got to remind myself this because when I'm in the moment and that's why it takes practice, I'm like, it's just been a reoccurring theme that we'll have issues or conflict around where I'm super excited about something. And Sarah's just like busy with whatever and I get kind of hurt that she's not fully on board, or at least in my mind. But it's really she's just mm-hmm. busy, and I just come on like a freight train. <laughs> <laughs> I also that's great. I, I love that. And then I also recommend the Plan B, which is the protected time. A lot of couples don't realize, especially busy couples like yourselves with you know, young kids, you, they don't realize how important it is to have that protected time. It already in your schedule. So if you weren't able to say, let's just say you forgot, you were coming on like a freight train and she was, you forgot to say, hey, when's a good time I can, you know, catch you up to speed with all this that I've learned. Um, Then you have this plan B, which is some kind of a scheduled time that you just sit and are quiet. Now, if there's nothing to talk about, great. If there's something that there is, oh, I forgot to tell you, you know, it, can, it has a chance to come up. And this typically is best with like, I'm going to say date night, but something that, you know, even every day, like um, my husband and I have done coffee in bed. We get up an hour early, have the read the paper and have coffee in bed every morning. And then that's our time. You can always put the paper down. It's not so exciting anymore. But to put the paper down and say, oh, I forgot to tell you. This is what's going on. So something that's hanging around back there that if you're really, really busy is going to stay in the background and then erupt at some point, you have that time. Um, I know some couples that do, after they put the kids to bed, they have just half an hour. They sit at the kitchen table and have dessert, for instance. 90% of the time, you may not be talking about anything. You may be look at your phones or reading the paper or whatever, but you have that time to unpack that bag of stuff should you forget to. These are great tips and I'm going to use them. I'm going to, I'm going to try (laughs) get that protected time, relax on the freight train of excitement that comes. But what would you tell someone that is excited? Like myself, we put in these protected times and they don't have to be excited, but they feel like their partner then is still shutting down the idea of trying to grow and trying to work on the relationship. What's the next step for someone in that position? 
Well, then you have to be specific because this it, it, everybody has a different idea of what's working on the relationship. Somebody going to work every day and you know, or doing overtime once a week is maybe their idea of really working hard on the relationship. So you, you have to be specific with the if you've made changes and you've done things and you're still seeing your partner do what is it that they um, I don't know won't uh, won't you're trying to get something done and they don't seem to ever come back to you with their so you say you know I really want to go on a trip I think it's really important for us to go somewhere this summer um, I think about da, 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 I'm really excited about doing X and they go okay well I'll get back to you on that uh, I'll, I'll look into that and get back to you and they don't if this is constant stalling or constant um, not joining you when they said they would then you have to be real specific so you have to say you know I, there's this habit I don't think you're aware of where I ask you I'm telling you about something you agree to look into it or you agree to get on board or you agree to talk to me about it and then you don't and that's really hurting the trust between us. Okay? I have this terrible sense of mistrust. And so what's going on with you? Why is it that you don't come back to me when you say you're going to? We have to figure that out. Yeah. And obviously there's going to be millions of combinations of issues and ideas and partners in the way that they want to change and the life that they live. And it's really easy to want to work on a relationship when you don't have four kids and two jobs, you know, all of these, all of these things are, are in play. And I want to go back to creating that change because that's something that I've tried to work on and to maybe temper my excitement for new ideas because it can be overwhelming for Sarah. And I've recognized and tried to work on this in the past. And then I've taken the stance of, okay, I'm just going to start to try to do these things first and let them have a positive impact. And then one of the issues I run into is I will become impatient. So it's like you start to do the thing and then become impatient that things aren't changing just based on the work that I'm doing. At what point, I know there's not a right or wrong answer, but can I then bring it up? with Sarah in the ways that we've talked about? Like, hey, I've been really trying to work on our communication. I don't know if you've noticed, you know, like, because then that can almost turn into an argument. Is that making sense? Right. Yeah. But we have to go back to what we were talking about, the basics. You have to talk about how you feel. You can't say you're not working on it. You're not, I'm working on it. You're not, or I feel you don't have buy-in or whatever it is. You have to say something specific. And that's where a lot of my patients get tripped up because they don't want to say, they don't want to admit a certain feeling. And that's what I call the enemy emotions. There are three emotions that a lot of people declared at some time in childhood or adolescence that I'm not allowed to have this feeling. And the three are anger, neediness, and sadness. For some reason, there are people who have blackballed those emotions and do an inordinate amount of energy and time trying to bury, uh, ignore, deny those feelings. And what happens is the whole cover-up becomes a huge problem. The cover-up causes way more problems than if they just said, like for some reason, a lot of men I work with, middle-aged men, very, very successful men, cannot say I need anything. 
I'm not needy. Oh, I'm not needy. I, I can't be needy. I, I, I'm not needy. Oh, no. It's like this whole path. I'm like, why can't you just simply say, I need your attention for 15 minutes or for every evening for half an hour? I need your full attention. They go down this whole path of neediness is weakness and all this nonsense. And it's like, neediness is a normal human emotion. You have to be able to say the I need or I'm irritated that. Or otherwise, again, you're not going to get by. And there's no, any other statement is going to come off across as a criticism or a, um, or an attack or something invasive. And immediately any healthy adult is going to get defensive. Then you're going to have a whole argument about whether that person should change or not, as opposed to, I need something. There's no argument there. I mean, how are you going to argue about someone's feeling? That is so helpful in reframing this, uh, just bringing back to my situation. It's nothing in particular, but I'm also thinking of our listeners that you might be like, okay, I'm going to create the change I want. And you're doing the things you're like, I'm really trying to implement them into the relationship, but suffering in silence, so to say, like suffering in the fact that like, oh, I'm, I'm sitting here doing the work and then maybe resentment builds up because you're like, I'm doing this work, but my partner, nothing's happening. But it's like your partner's not a mind reader. So it seems like we want to be the catalyst for the change we want, but it, it it's not that we want to try to do the change and then just suffer in silence without communicating Hey, I feel I need like a neediness. Is, does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. If, if you're doing the work and you're not getting the expected result, what is the feeling? Is it I need your attention or I'm irritated that you said that you dismissed me or belittled my excitement? Or And then you have to use those words. I feel X when you do Y. I feel irritated, frustrated when I share my excitement with you and you're on your phone or you're telling me it's stupid or you're telling, that's a, you know, that's not going to work for me. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because like this last uh, week when Sarah and I had a bit of an issue where I was excited about these things I was reading and I brought it up and she wasn't, she was not completely dismissive, but she was just busy. And then I was hurt when by her response. And if I had just either communicated from the beginning, hey, let's, can we talk about this at a certain time? This is really interesting to me. That would have been helpful. Or if it was a good time for her, instead of saying, I'd really, can you read these articles? I could have said, hey, it would make me feel really appreciated and, and loved if you read this and we learned about this idea together. I'm kind of just talking this out because <laughs> I, I wish I could have applied this. But does all that make sense? Well, what interestingly, when um, you talk about your feelings, and there's nothing wrong with that, you're using the positive. I would I feel really loved. It would mean a lot to me. That's okay. But when they don't do something and you're irritated, you need to own that. So instead of saying, okay, so... I'd still really be happy if, you know, like you read the article that I told you three days ago. I mean, they're going to get the sense that you're irritated at some point or you're going to explode at some point. So the key there is to be honest, be transparent. I'm irritated that I've asked you to read these articles and you keep brushing them aside. 
That is a great follow-up because <laughs> I'm just laughing because these things are so complicated. It's like you do want to say it. I can say I would feel really loved if you checked out this article. And then Sarah could say, yeah, I'll check it out. And But she's busy. And I'm picturing because this is actually what happened is then I'm like – Inside, I'm like, oh, she read it. She hasn't brought it up. It's been two <laughs> days, you know, and I'm like, but don't say anything. Don't say anything because that'll be annoying. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's it's this internal conflict because we want to have the tools to know what to do. And and so I knew that. And I was actually, I don't, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but it was very hard for me, but I didn't bring it up again. And then actually last night, Sarah had mentioned to me that she was reading them. And I was like, and I was close to the point of saying, to, of asking her, like, if she had read them. But I was like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. it. I don't need to do it. I can just wait. Chase, what is the feeling if she had, you, you didn't know she read them and you got the sense she wasn't reading them? What uh, the feeling is, this is great. I love this. We're doing, we're talking this out like a therapy Sorry. session. No, <laughs> no, no, no I, I love this. It's maybe a little disappointment that she's not as fired up about it as I am. Well, disappointed that she's more specific that she hasn't read something that she said she was going to read. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. That she okay. hasn't read it. Well, okay. Well, that's closer to a negative feeling and it's better than being on pins and needles, jumping all around and not saying anything. It's really better to say you're disappointed or irritated or some negative emotion. People are so afraid of saying a negative emotion, but that's super important that you get, A, it gets it off your chest. B, it helps her see, oh, that's why you're so antsy or acting so weird. I mean, it helps her see and understand you, and it, it, it gives you the chance for gives her a chance to soothe you. Then she can say, oh, I'm reading them. I'm sorry. I did. I should have let you know. I'm reading them and I'll let you know by tomorrow night what I think. So to say I'm disappointed or I'm irritated or I'm angry are really important for you to get comfortable saying, not just the positive feeling. I think this is super important for me to hear as well, because in the future, when Chase asks me to, we'll use the same example, read an article or something, I'll be more specific as to my timeline. Like, right. I'm, I'll totally read this article. I would love to discuss it with you, but I probably won't have time to read it until Sunday. And then that way, he's not waiting for me you know, wondering when I'm going to read it. And there's kind of like a, a date that we can talk about it. Exactly. If Chase doesn't share, they have a negative feeling about the not knowing or the not, you're not getting back with him. You wouldn't know to make that change. That's what people are missing in a relationship all the time. The people who've labeled these emotions as wrong or bad, I can't ever mention them. They're missing this wonderful opportunity to work out a solution with their significant other. Just like you said, Sarah. This has been super helpful. So the last thing on this with this uh, little couples session we're doing here, if I say <laughs> I'm feeling a little frustrated, you haven't read the article yet to Sarah, I feel like if she gives me the time frame, like she just said, that would be super helpful. And that will kind of eliminate it. But if I right. come to her with that, like the next day, it's probably good for me to get it off my chest in a sense. But then... I don't want to speak for Sarah, but Sarah, you probably would be a little annoyed, right? That you brought it up again. Yeah. Like, like the, the day, day after. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, but only because I didn't know it was that important to you to do it immediately, to read it right away. Which is better, Sarah, if he says, hey, I'm a little irritated that you said you read these and it looks like you haven't, or be all, you know, anxious and try not to say anything, looking over your shoulder, and which is really better for you? Definitely that he communicated his negative feelings, for sure, versus yeah. being irritable and antsy. And that's part of the problem. People think they shouldn't bring up a negative emotion because it's going to hurt or cause the other person to have a negative emotion. But oftentimes the covering it up is what causes the person the negative emotion by saying, if you read the articles, if you read the articles, if you read the articles, is way more annoying than saying, kind of irritated that you haven't read, looks like you haven't read the articles yet. Yeah, it's okay. a yeah. it's a complicated dance, but it's it's one worth trying to figure out. And working on it. Sometimes it just takes practice. Like you have to go through these situations multiple times before you figure out the the correct dialogue. Well, you have to, it's almost like a phobia, like a feeling phobia. <laughs> That's a new phrase. It's like a feeling phobia until you get comfortable saying, I'm irritated, I'm annoyed, I need something. And see that that does not equate to a blow up then you can start being more comfortable saying them. Absolutely. And obviously, like a lot of things, it's about the delivery, even in saying your neediness. If I come across combative with that statement in, in five minutes before we're going to bed, it's not ideal. And I say this because you could say the quote, right thing, but in the wrong tone or at the wrong time, and it's not the right thing. So I think that's just uh, important to point out from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> yes, saying, I need you to not keep doing that to me is very <laughs> yeah. different than saying, I need a little quiet time now. I can touch base with you in an hour. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Dr. Dabney, this is super valuable, has been super valuable for Sarah and I, and I hope our listeners are able to apply some of this to their relationship. So why don't we wrap up by having you tell us where we can find you online, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. So, well, actually, I always tell people just give me a call. I, I give out my personal cell. I love talking to people about their emotional problems and their relationship problems, and if I can't help you, then I am. My staff or I are also equipped to look up somebody in your area and help you get connected. So that's 757-652-9063. Online, I've got several free articles on my website, lauradabney.com and Instagram. I do little videos um, all the time on these topics. And that's lauradabney.com, all one word, lauradabney.com. Excellent. We'll have the links on your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com as well as on the podcast descriptions. And thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you. I enjoy talking to you guys. Hi, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship 
So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, we also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, we encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, we are all here for each other. Um, the group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook, Love Tribe Fam, and you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our flagship course, Spark My Relationship, we hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more as always thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week you are listening to a pleasure podcast For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.